Hey everybody, welcome to Culture Armistice. I am Brownie, and I'm here to talk about stuff. Um, so, we have a interesting situation at Salon.com, which is a website on the internet, which you may be familiar with. I, I don't read it a super lot, but occasionally I wander over there. It's pretty well known that Salon.com is kind of has a progressive bent to it. And but something something strange goes on there because they seem to be obsessed with libertarianism. Uh, like, you know, in a in a bad way. I mean they're obsessed because they, they think it's terrible and I guess ruining the world. This is really weird. I, I've noticed this there's this attitude amongst certain people who tend to be progressive types uh, but there's a few conservative types also who, who seem to think this and it's that uh, there's like this dichotomy going on with libertarianism first of all libertarianism is an extreme uh, marginal ideology that very few people hold and they're wackos all of those people but the same person who thinks this for some reason thinks that libertarianism is taking over the country and ruining it somehow. Like, this extreme wacko ideology that only, like, three people follow is so powerful that it secretly controls the entire country. It's very strange. Very strange. And I, I guess I get where they're coming from, because I know, I know what this... I know the root of this problem. In their mind, I know what they're thinking. I think I know what they're thinking. Uh, this is a... This is a guess. It's an educated guess, but I, I think basically they equate when they think libertarian, they think someone who is pro corporation, and corporations are bad and the root of all problems, more or less, and so libertarians are bad because there's no supporting, there's no way to ethically support giant corporations because they're soulless or something. Now. And oh yeah, and also uh, since conservatives also support corporations, libertarians and conservatives are the same, and they're both terrible, and they're both wacky, and they both don't care about anyone. I mean, this is sort of a you know it's a it's a simplification, but I don't think it's that simplified. Actually, this is pretty much the attitude that seems to be going around, and. So the reason I'm talking about this is because there was an, an article, I guess today or yesterday, I don't know what day anything is, because I live in Asia, uh, our days are different from your days, <laughs> uh, unless you're listening in Asia, in which case we have the same day. Anyway, I guess the article was yesterday for you, if you're in the America. Uh, they had a, one of many hit, like, hit pieces about libertarianism. I don't even think it's a hit piece, though, because... This guy wrote this article, his name is Lindar, Lingar, Lingar? Whatever, he says he's an ex-libertarian, he's former Ron Paul supporter, and now he thinks it's all crazy and he's a liberal because he came to his senses. And it's so weird, man, because this exact, like, variations of this exact article happen so much on Salon, and actually this guy has written this same article many times before, and I really don't understand... Why? Why is he so obsessed with this? Um, first of all, I mean, okay, 
a lot of libertarian-leaning folks have already taken this guy down because it's basically his entire argument. It's not even an argument. It's just his entire conception of libertarianism is just the giant straw man. It's almost like not worth addressing. <clears throat> uh, and it makes you wonder, if he actually was a libertarian and he thought these things, then... I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. He didn't understand his own philosophy, if that's true. I mean, I don't... I'm not... I don't want to call him a liar. I don't know him. I... Okay, I believe he thought he was a libertarian. Uh... But, you know, there were... At one point, there was... So he said he was like a Ron Paul delegate, and I know at one point there was... Uh, what? When was that? Republican primaries? I guess it must have been 2008... Was it? I feel like it was earlier than that. But anyway, at one point, uh, Ron Paul became kind of uh, a big deal in the mainstream media. One time in particular, he he dressed down a bunch of Republicans in a uh, some sort of debate. I wish I could remember what why they were having this debate. It must have been two thousand eight. Anyway, he uh, ju he just let them have it over the reasons, what he, what he thinks are the reasons for the, uh, you know, like terrorism and the wars and all the mess in the Middle East. And, you know, he was talking about blowback. And of course there were a bunch of hawks, Republican hawks at this debate. And they, they think that terrorism exists because they want to destroy freedom in America or whatever ridiculous stuff they think. Um, anyway, so he, he sort of got, and I, I remember this because at the time I was, still pretty much uh, just a mainstream liberal. Actually, I wasn't mainstream. I was kind of a radical liberal, maybe. Whatever. I remember because this put Ron Paul on my radar. I was like, oh, hey, this guy is actually a Republican who is uh, anti, you know, bombing everyone in the Middle East. This is an interesting guy. I didn't know much about him before this, and I think a lot of people like me at the time, who were at least my age that I knew, didn't know much about him. And this put him on our radar. And I remember I was listening to Air America. Well, maybe Tom Hartman and someone called up to say, hey, what about this Ron Paul guy? And Tom Hartman, of course, was said, oh, well, Ron Paul, yeah, he is. You might think he's good because of what he said, but actually he wants to do all this crazy stuff and he'll ruin the world. And then that was the end of that. They said, oh, OK, yeah, I don't I don't support that. And then that was that was it. No more Ron Paul for that caller. Anyway, so uh, my point here is that I, I think at one time, for maybe like a week, it was uh, Ron Paul became a big deal in the liberal world when he when he told off those particular Republicans. So I'm just guessing at this salon guy's motivation. Maybe he was one of those people back then who said, oh, Ron Paul, I'm going to support him. And then they realized, oh, but actually my economics are totally different and I don't agree with him or whatever. Man, I'm just... Okay. I need to get to my point here. Anyway, I don't know why this guy thinks that he was a Ron Paul fan. There's a picture of him with Ron Paul, but that doesn't mean much. And, by the way, I should say that I don't even care about Ron Paul. I, I mean, he's doesn't matter to me. He's good that he tries to get out liberty-oriented ideas, I guess. He's... He's got them out there a bit, but he's just too polarizing for me. You know, the whole racist newsletter thing. And I, I, I believe him when he says that he 
didn't really, uh, those weren't his ideas, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> people already think liberty-minded people are racist. We don't really need to have racist newsletters floating around. Anyway, where was I? So, okay. I'm not going to address this guy's article because it's been done many times by a lot of different people who have more patience than me. But I, I do want to speculate about the motives behind it and address people who don't seem to understand libertarianism. Now, okay, here's how I see it. Here's how I see the political landscape right now. There's, in America, in the U.S. of A., there's two broad coalitions of people, as you know, of course, and they broadly consider themselves to be uh, liberals and conservatives, and they hate each other. Okay, neither side understands the other side or ever honestly addresses the other side's arguments. They just, they hate each other because they hate each other. It's pretty hilarious, actually, when you're outside of this this box to watch their <laughs> hysterical reactions to everything the other team does, but whatever. They, um... So, what I'm trying to figure out is both teams hate libertarian-type people for different reasons, but they both hate them, and they both attribute... <laughs> a lot of problems to them, while at the same time saying that they're, uh, you know, a small, powerless group of people that rules the world somehow, but nobody agrees with them, but they're super powerful. It's really weird. So people from the left, who are the people who write these articles on Salon, and... I'm just going by their own definition of them. Like, they're, the guy who wrote this article was a, is a liberal. He says, I mean, he says, I left libertarianism to become a liberal. Uh, which I'm going to call him progressive. I'm not calling liberals liberal anymore because they don't care about liberty. They care about, I don't know, something else. That's a different subject. Well, it's sort of related. So this guy and people like him Here's what I think. Okay, so like I said, they think libertarians are pro-corporation. And this is like the, I think it's the base of their whole thing. Their whole problem. At least, if it's not the base, it's one of the bases. Uh, and that's just not true. I, I know it, this is hard to believe, but if to be in favor of the ideas of liberty, you have to apply the ideas of liberty to everyone, and that includes uh, consumers, which progressive types don't have a problem with, but it also includes business owners, which progressive types do have a problem with. Not just small business owners, but also large business owners. So people who, you know, have participate in the management of corporations, they have rights, natural rights just like everyone else. And to support those rights, it's to not be pro-corporation, it's to be pro-liberty. The thing is, I think there's a kernel of truth in the progressive concern about libertarian pro-corporateness, 
because there are people who call themselves libertarian who are what I would consider to be pro-corporate, poor corporation, I guess. I don't think they're libertarians. And I don't want to, I don't want to drop a no true Scotsman thing on you here. But I happened to look up the definition of libertarian on, what was it, dictionary.com. And it basically said, someone who believes in liberty. That's it. That's a libertarian. That's the definition, according to dictionary.com. Um, usually that's interpreted to mean someone who believes in the non-aggression principle, which is that no one may use force on anyone else to make them do something against their will. That's it. That's the entire basis of libertarianism. No one can use force on other people. And basically, no one disagrees with this. Now, to be a principled libertarian, all of your views must be logically deduced from the non-aggression principle, in my opinion. Uh, and I, there's a lot of people who would agree with that statement. But at the same time, we have people like Ron Paul, who, you know, I don't even think, does he call himself a libertarian? I've heard him say that he calls himself like a constitutionalist or a strict constitutionalist and not a libertarian, which I would agree with. That's what he is, because he's not... I don't think all of his views can be logically deduced from the non-aggression principle. Now, he is similar to libertarians in a lot of ways, his views are. But by the way, that's the same thing, well... Yeah, so this is where we get into a problem. There are people who have views that overlap with libertarians, but they're not libertarians. But I think they call themselves libertarians, and it confuses everyone. This is one of the reasons I don't call myself a libertarian. It's just nobody even knows what they're talking about, really, when they say that word. Maybe I don't know either. I don't know. I don't know anything, so it wouldn't surprise me. But I, I one time got into a drunken bar discussion with a guy who was a pretty just run-of-the-mill, like, uh, you know, neocon. Social conservative neocon. I mean, just straight-up total, you know, caricature of that is what he really was in every way. And he called himself a libertarian, and I was just totally... Totally taken aback by that. This was back in 2008, after the Republicans had just gotten spanked in the national elections. And it was kind of embarrassing to be a Republican back then, so maybe he was trying to distance himself. But it was really concerning. So this guy goes around telling people he's a libertarian. And so I, I sort of get it, why people like this guy at Salon... Well, no, not this guy, because he says he was a real libertarian but why other people on the left don't like libertarians. Because this guy, who was a straight-up, just normal conservative, said he was libertarian, and so now everyone he says that to now thinks that's what a libertarian is. And I wish he wouldn't do that, because he really ruins it for the rest of us. So, look, here's the thing. If you believe in the ideas of liberty... 
then that is that affects every area of your philosophy really political philosophy and it's people okay how do i say this so when you okay when you're in favor of the ideas of liberty you have to defend people who are kind of just not that not good people and this is who you always end up defending because you don't need to defend the saints you don't need to defend mother teresa going around you know feeding sick children and stuff she doesn't need any defense the person the people who need defense are the bad people like neo nazis have rights uh smokers <laughs> have rights uh you know just people who are not popular have rights and they're the ones who need to have their rights defended because they're the ones who have their rights attacked so if you are a principled libertarian you have to defend those people and since they're the only people that need defending you are pretty much always defending bad people so people now just think associate libertarians with these bad bad stuff right uh and i get that but you got to have liberty for everyone right and by the way that includes stupid people stupid people have rights and you might think it's weird that i say that but i'm frequently in debates i guess debates discussions with people who say oh if we have freedom then people are so stupid and they'll go do this stupid stuff and so you know that doesn't matter man stupid people have rights they have the right to do stupid stuff and sometimes it's going to be harmful for them but it doesn't mean we can take away their rights they can still decide for themselves what they do because that's a right you have as a human even if you're stupid by the way stupid people don't think they are stupid uh just like anyone complaining about stupid people probably thinks that they themselves are one of the smart people maybe someone else thinks they're a stupid person i don't know anyway what am i talking about here i so what's my point my point is well, i have two points a few points no i got more than two i got a bunch first of all nobody understands the their opponent in politics it seems and if they do they purposely misrepresent their views to be make them weaker which is what this guy at salon does um and well no i guess that is my point yeah look if you have a problem with libertarians you have a problem with the non-aggression principle if you're talking to a principled libertarian and i i want to hear you say you think the non-aggression principle is bad in other words the only way you can have a problem with a principled libertarian is if you think it is just and ethically right to use force and violence to get your way 
If you think that, then you disagree with libertarians. If you don't think that it's just or ethically right to use violence to get your way, then you are a libertarian. You just need to apply that principle to your other views. And that's where it gets difficult. Because, you know, there's so many piles of piles of just crap that you have to wade through to get down to the essence of things. And in, you know, policy debates about stuff going on now, it's hard to see how the liberty solution will be good. A lot of the time it is. So, the thing is, you know, if you see something that is unjust, it's tempting to say, I want to the government to put an end to this. I know, it's tempting. But it's just, it's not the right thing to do, man. It's two rights don't make a wrong, you know? So using, okay, anytime the government does anything, the only, it, it has legitimacy because it will employ violence to achieve whatever it's doing, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. That's what government is. It's an organization that has a monopoly on violence, and that's what gives them the power to do what they want. If you say no to the government, then they can use violence to force you to go along with them. They can put you in a box for as long as they see fit. They can kill you. They can just beat you. This is how they get you to do their bidding. So when you are asking the government to enforce your view of what's just and what's right, that's what you're in, that's what you're doing. You are visiting violence upon another human being. You're supporting it. You're asking for it. And this is just not okay. It's not okay. And you may think, well, how will we stop the problems in the world without the government? And I, I understand where you're coming from, because it's difficult to see sometimes. But what we need to do, and by we I just mean everyone, I'm really only a part of one group, and that's the group that includes everyone, all people, is just stop imposing our will on other people. Actually, I don't do that. You need to stop doing that. Stop imposing your will on other people. It's not okay. It doesn't matter what your goal is. The, the ends don't justify the means. If you see something unjust in the world, there is going to be some sort of violence behind it. So the answer to it, the solution, is not to employ more violence. It's to take away the violence causing the in unjust situation. So what's an example? Uh, uh, there's a lot of examples. Let's say... What? Something that'll speak to a pro the progressive viewpoint. So, uh, corporation. Let's say a corporation... Uh, 
What? What do they do? Okay. Rich person has a lot of money. So much money. So much more than a poor person. That's not fair, right? So the solution is to take the rich person's money and give it to the poor person. And this is a solution that requires violence. Because, you know, assuming the rich person isn't just going to voluntarily give their money, uh, you're going to have to use violence to take it from them. And that's not right. Look, I'm fully aware that there are people out there who have way more money than they could ever spend. More money than they probably know what to do with. But it doesn't matter. You don't get to decide what they do with their money. It's their money. No, okay, by the way, I don't strictly believe that it's their money, because there's the whole other question about whether it's been rightly acquired, because it has... I don't think any billionaire can exist without state intervention, which is violent intervention in the economy. So, that's a whole... But this is my... This is sort of my point here, my solution. We have people with so much money... But it's because of violent intervention that they have money. Have so much money. So the solution to that problem, I guess this problem would be income inequality. Assuming it is a problem, which it isn't always. But if you don't like income inequality, the solution is not to use violence to take money from someone and give it to someone else. It's to take away the violence that causes the disparity in the first place. Oh, this is going to get back into some other stuff. Well, so, this is a really complex subject. But, um, yeah, I really don't think that it's possible to have such large concentrations of money in a truly non-coercive society. I mean, look, everyone who's a billionaire right now have completely... Uh, benefited from the presence of the government to get their money. Uh, I just read a, an interview with Warren Buffett the other day that, where he basically said that he's makes investments based on government regulations. And that dude's really freaking rich. Now, I know that liberals like him because he calls for higher taxes. He wants other people to pay more money. Uh... But the thing is, he has totally relied on the government to make his fortune. Uh, Bill Gates is also extremely rich. If there were no government enforcing intellectual property, which is not a real thing, through violence, Bill Gates would not have billions of dollars. Uh, I mean, his entire fortune is made because... The government uses violence to enforce an artificial monopoly, an artificial scarcity on copies of software. You can have infinite copies of a piece of software, and you're not depriving anyone of their copy, which means it's not theft. Anyway, intellectual property isn't a thing, and that's a whole other can of worms that uh, I know I... I know I'm not, <laughs> not everyone agrees with that, but uh, I'll talk about that some other time. Anyway, the point is, if you are upset that people have so much money, 
Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, whatever. I know that they're cool with progressives because they're doing progressive things with their money. But whatever, pick your conservative billionaire that you think is evil. If you don't think it's okay that they have money and, uh, you know, whatever, a wage worker at Walmart doesn't, you can't just take their money. You can't. You can't take their money. I'm sorry. It's not right. It's just, I mean, yeah. You gotta take away what gives them their money, which is violence. If we don't say the government can use its monopoly on violence to ensure profits and, you know, give sales and free land and free artificial scarcity and price floors and all that stuff to these rich fat cats, then they just simply can't be that rich. Next time I'm going to talk a little bit about how business is a form of arbitrage and eventually everyone will have the same amount of money in a truly free market. Talk to you next time. Bye.